0: And I ain't got no notes for the second one. I had to preach that first one. First, Why am I thus? If it be so, if there's life in me, why am I just warring inside of me? And the Lord said, because I put two nations in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Now I'm still at war. But I've been instructed by the Lord to thank him for that. When those trials come, who sends trials? Thank the Lord for that. How many people has cancer killed? None. Ever. God kills and God makes alive. Do you know that? A has never killed nobody. An evil government, a tyrannical government, has never killed anybody. Ever. Stalin ain't killed. Pol Pot ain't don't have a, a, a drop in the bucket. It ain't happened. God kills. And he makes alive. And he makes us thankful for that. And that new man, in that spirit, not in the flesh. The flesh is just <laughs> and yaps and proves itself to be a fool all over the world. But that new man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is hard, but I thank you. It's on purpose. I know it is. You're going to bless it, Lord. Thank you. Here we have a woman's prayer. I was thinking, Van Morrison, same brown-eyed girl, and I ever it, brown eyed girl never every garage, knew brown I Said, "That he's singing about me." No, he ain't. He don't know you. <laughs> you wasn't born yet. But This is a woman's prayer. The Lord gave us this. And I think I know why. There's a whole lot of men's prayers that's recorded in Scripture. Isn't it? David prayed often. Most of the Psalms are prayers. They're singing them, but they're prayers. Uh, the, the, the prophets of old prayed. The apostles prayed. All these men prayed and they're recorded for us to learn from. And our Lord prayed. Christ prayed prayed the greatest prayer, didn't he? But he gave us here a woman's prayer. Why? This is a prayer that's just like all the other prayers and that unity and that oneness of his bride. Kevin, I don't pray that way. Well, I ain't saying you're a bride or not. That's between you and the Lord. I'm just telling you how God's bride prays. If you don't pray that way, ask him to teach you how to pray and quit doing what you're doing. This is how God's wife prays, how his bride prays. That's what we're going to read. It said, and there in uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed. (laughs) And Hannah prayed. She'd already prayed once. Something happened. That's the and, right? Something happened before. She had petitioned the Lord. She asked the Lord to do something for her. She asked the Lord to give life. In her, and he did, and then she prayed again. Thank you, Lord. She went from petition to praise. That's that's a growth in grace too. As we get older, we quit asking for so much, and asking and asking and categorizing our asking and, and lists. Say that out loud inside when you're by yourself and see if it makes sense. I'm going to take a list of the Lord. Is that demands? We stop asking Him to do stuff and we start thanking Him. Everything's like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And that takes time. That ain't a week, it's a lifetime, is what that is. You've got to walk with Him a long time. And I don't mean 20 years or one day at a time, <laughs> it's one day at a time. But we he gives it a long experience over and over and over and over and over again. And we look back on those experiences and we say, you know what? I've seen that. I didn't see then. Even at the time in the trial, I had enough wisdom and maturity to say, the Lord sent this trial and I know it's going to be for my good. I know it's going to be for the good of my brethren. I know it's going to glorify the Lord. But like Rebecca, I, they're still kicking inside of me. I ain't seen these children yet. I don't know how, but then over time, a long time later, we look back and we say, I see exactly what the Lord... Oh, look, at I couldn't have dreamed it a better way. Shakespeare couldn't have wrote this more beautifully. Look what the Lord did. And we thank Him for that. The Lord broke my leg one time and took all of my aspirations and my furtherance in this world. I was a shooting star. I was going places. I was the golden boy. And the Lord took it from me painfully. And I thought, how, why did you do this, Lord? Well, 20 years later, I looked back and I said, boy, that's perfect. That's perfect. I'm standing here today preaching to you because of that. See in in detail. (laughs) He's provided everything from that. Boy, it's something. But Hannah prayed. It says, and Hannah prayed. What happened? remember in Sunday school growing up, and little fellas, we <laughs> had teachers. They told us, they said, Elkanah had two wives, and one of them had a bunch of children. She's real mean. And she picked on the other one. The other one's named Hannah, and she didn't have no children. And she was sad. And you know what happened? She cast the Lord to give her a baby. And the Lord gave her one. Oh, if I get... Get natural man to get a hold of that. You see how precious that is? That's a gospel, buddy. <laughs> she was made to know she was barren. And she was made to cry out to the Lord. And the Lord put life in her. And He blessed it. And she thanked Him for it. But she had a, Elkanah had another wife. And boy, she was fruitful. She had children. Oh, that's easy. Oh, i crack out kids. And she picked on them every time. They'd go up Shiloh. And I thought about reading that, all the requirements. Once a year, all the men had to go. If Women could go if they wanted to. And that's a horrible practice in this day for just the men to go worship and the women not go with them. What's wrong with you? Command your house, son. No better. Use some discernment. But the women didn't go if they had other things happening. So Elkanah would leave, and he would leave portions for them. Here, I'm going to give you this. It's your pizza money, right? <laughs> so you can live while I'm gone. i got to go worship God. There's all these things. All we have to do is come to church. Isn't that easy? We ain't got to separate no land. We ain't got to bring no this offering and that offering and sacrifice this and light a fire. We've got to chop firewood. We, we just come listen to Christ be exalted. Isn't that precious? He's good to us. But Elkanah would leave, and he would leave a portion with each, each one of the kids, all her sons, all her daughters, and Phineah, and he left a worthy portion with Hannah. He left the filet mignon with Hannah. Why? Because he loved her. He loved her. He had to provide for that other wife because he wasn't heathen. He provided for his wife. But boy, he really provided for Hannah. He loved her. He loved her. And she petitioned the Lord. And she said, you give me a child, Lord. And she made a vow to God. And we're told not to do that, but she did. This is a picture of something else. She said, you give me a child and he's yours. I know he's yours. Not that her making Samuel the Lord's is what made Samuel the Lord's. She said, if you give it, it's your giving. And I just give you what you gave me. What can we give the Lord that He didn't give us? What can we? What praises can we give Him that He didn't put in our heart? What wisdom do we have? What righteousness do we have? None. We have Christ. He's given us Christ. What do we come to His holy throne with? His Son, <laughs> His Person, His Work. That's all we have, isn't it? So she gave Sam. She said, "He's yours." Well, she weaned him. She went with him. And, and Finnea picked on Hannah every year because she went with her husband to go worship God. She didn't stay back. She had no children to stay back with. Which, of course, Finnea always had an excuse. She kept having children, so she didn't have to go, right? And she picked on Hannah. While we're back here doing the wife's work. I'm doing the important wife, wife stuff, and you ain't got no children, so you have, you just going to go up there and worship God. She diminished. She, she spit on the birthright of worshiping God and excused it on raising children. What a shame. Well, Hannah became conceived. And Elkanah said, you're going to go worship God? And she said, no, I'm going to do what's customary. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to take care of this child and I'm going to prepare him until it's time for me to go worship. And when I go worship, I'm bringing him and he's the Lord and he ain't coming back with me. I'm going to give of my first fruits. It's the only fruit I got and I'm giving it all to the Lord because he gave it all to me reasonable. Reasonable. It's easy, isn't it? That makes sense. And so she weaned him. Now, that doesn't mean that she took a six-month-old baby up to the temple. What good would that be to Eli? <laughs> don't you dare bring me no babies. If you're going to, have to commit somebody to help me here at the, at the church, I don't need to babysit. Okay, I don't need to be making a formula. But there was something in the Jewish tradition of weaning. There was three weanings that took place. And this is same in our day if we really, if we obey God's word, it's the same if we listen to him. The first weaning was weaning of the mother's breast. Sarah gave suck. She breastfed a baby. And so the Lord designed us to do that, the human beings to do that. And whenever it come time, probably about however many months when they started growing teeth, uh, she weaned him. And the scriptures tell us that the child shall eat bread and honey. Now, is there a spiritual reference? To that, of course, the Lord said, "My word is spirit and truth." That means before you get any practical out of anything, you got to better understand the gospel first. There's a spiritual application to that, but physically, the children they would go from drinking the mother's milk to eating bread and honey. They were weaned from their mother and they were given to a dry nurse. If it was a big family like this one, they had some nannies until they were seven years old, and that dry nurse would teach them right from wrong, teach them set still. Teach them how to read. <laughs> what we do in our day? we got a nursery in the back. Almost any, any gathering I know of of the Lord's people, either four and under or five and under, go into the nursery. And they're trained in that nursery. That's a cry room. You train them from a young age to sit still whenever the, the gospel is being preached, to stay awake, to turn in your Bibles. You teach them how to read. And we send them out in the world to kindergarten, don't we? Everything you need to learn is in kindergarten. How to be nice. How to take turns how to speak when spoken to. <laughs> simple stuff, isn't it? That's why God gave us this. And then about seven, there's wean from that dry nurse. Now them boys is old enough to hang out with the men. You work with the men. You wanna go in the field with men. People say, that's too young. My grandfather worked in a coal mine in Kentucky at nine years old. That was a hundred years ago. That ain't that long ago. What do you think happened 5,000 years ago? Nine-year-olds and seven-year-olds was plenty responsible enough to go to work with the men. And they trained them more. And they trained them more. And they taught them. And whenever they asked them, why are we sacrificing these lambs? God passed through Egypt, son. <laughs> when he saw the blood, he passed over his people. They told him about Christ. Told them why. Told them what the Lord did. This is his doing. And they trained them and trained them and trained them. And then at 12 years old, at the end of that 12th year, they still do this in our day, don't they? We still wean children that are breastfed real, real young, get them on baby food. We still send them to kindergarten. We still send them to the nursery. We still train them. And we still teach them at home. And in the Jewish tradition, at 13, they have a bar mitzvah. That's the transition from a child to a man. Adolescence is an invention of the modern age. There's no such thing. Well, they're growing. They're going through an awkward phase. Uh, no, they're going through lazy parents is what they're going through. Period. That's just plain. It's so. Paul said, I was a child. I acted as a child. I spoke as a child. I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I was a man. <laughs> there wasn't no in-between. A, a, a gap year or whatever kind of nonsense man's invented this time. No. You either be, act like a child and be a child or you be a man. Have you heard that before? You've heard it, ain't you, Jared Wesley? Often. <laughs> before you <he> was 12. <laughs> and so at 12 years old, now they're weaned. Now, if you raise your children according to God's word, physically, practically, at 12 years old, they'll to handle themselves. They'll have, have a little, little maturity. They've weaned off of their childish ways of mooching off of mommy and daddy and have mommy and daddy do everything for them and get their water for them and, and make their peanut butter and jelly's for them. They're weaned from that. What example could we have of this? Who else went to the temple to worship God at 12 years of age? Well, maybe this ain't Kevin's opinions. And I'm just telling you what God says. Christ went, didn't he? He stayed. And he, do you think he's well brought up? He instructed them fellas. <laughs> well, if there's a 12-year-old telling me about Christ and him crucified, I'll listen. I hear much better things out of young people than I do old people many times. She was sad. She didn't have no baby. What happened? She asked God for a baby. God gave her one. He's the one that gives them. That child's learning something, ain't they? Well, they went. She took him up to the temple. She went back to Eli and said, "Remember me? You thought I was drunk twelve years ago. Here's that child. Lord gave me life. He gave me this, and it's all His. I'm gonna praise Him for it. It's His, Lord. This is. If I have a new life in me, you, Lord, you. It's in Your hand. You deal with it. You keep it. You secure it." You train it. You use it. God has people He uses them. Can't be unequally yoked. You ever seen oxen yoked together not pulling something? Well, no. That's why you put a yoke on them so they can do something. <laughs> Lord is using us until He's done using us and then we're not here no more. He takes us home. But she said, this is yours. This life you gave me, it's all yours, Lord. And it says in chapter 1, Verse 27. For this child I prayed and the Lord hath given me my petition which I ask of him. Therefore also have I lent him to the Lord. I've returned him to the Lord. I've just given him what he gave me. As long as he shall live he'll be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Who's the he? Well who knows there? Eli was there wasn't he? You think Eli praised the Lord? Lord thank you. Oh you saved somebody. Oh, you you did what you said you was going to do. You called out your people. You put life in somebody and they thanked you for it. And they serve you. They follow you. Thank you, Lord. You think her husband, Elkanah, prayed? He's a faithful man. That's a good husband. He said, thank you, Lord. Oh, my wife has life in her finally. She's barren for a long time. She's married to her. I loved her the whole time. God finally saved her. And you've given us this child. And you're going to use him. Thank you, Lord. And Eli. Eli prayed. The husband prayed, Elkanah. And Samuel prayed too. He'd been taught to pray. He didn't, he didn't hear some vain repetition his whole life growing up. He had believing in mommies and daddies that taught him how to pray right. And Eli said, Lord, this is right. He obeyed his his believing mother and father. He trusted them. They said, we're going to take you up. He knew what was happening. He's plenty of enough. Son, we're going to go up Shiloh, and you ain't coming back. We love you. Once a year we'll be up here. Hope the Lord uses you. But you ain't coming back. He was an obedient son. Isaac went up that mountain. Where's the lamb, daddy? As far as Isaac knew, he wasn't coming back. He kept walking. And his father said, Lord, provide a lamb. He was obedient. Christ was obedient unto death. He was separated from his father coming to this sin-cursed world for us. But Samuel prayed. Worship God. Thank you, Lord. I'm yours. From a young age, he knew. The Lord built himself in him. This is the path he's going to take. He didn't know God yet. <laughs> the Lord hadn't, hadn't spoke to him in his heart yet, but he knew he was going to be obedient to one named God. He knew he was going to do what the Word said, what his parents said. He was obedient. All three of them men prayed. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, and Hannah prayed. The women prayed with the men. Hannah prayed. And she said, my heart rejoiceth in Samuel. Oh, oh, wait! that ain't what it says, is it? It said, my heart rejoiceth in Elkanah. No, wait, they didn't say it neither, did it? My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. That's prayer. I'm thankful for my wife. I rejoice the Lord gave me uh, the best human being I've ever met in my life. I'm thankful for it. But my heart rejoices in the Lord that gave it. You think she rejoiced in her husband? Elkanah gave good advice. He said, you do what seemed good there in chapter 1, verse 23. Tear here until you've weaned him. Only the Lord established his word. God's the only one that can keep his word. But if you make a, you better keep it. You make a promise. You said he's going to do this. You see it through. Don't you back out. You give your word. You keep your word. You wanna do this, go ahead. But you remember whose word or who you're giving that word to. Lord's the only one that can keep it, and you ask him to keep your word. That's a good husband. That's a good husband. And he went with her. She was thankful for her husband. She rejoiced in her husband. That's a husband the Lord gave her. But she rejoiced in the Lord. Isn't that what Paul did? I know a lot of people rejoice in things and in families and in children and in stuff and whatever. Oh, thank you, Lord, for doing this. Thank you for getting us. Thank you for bringing me all the way to San Diego and the plane, not crashing or whatever. And we ought to thank you for everything. But Paul said, "We are the circumcision." And he's talking about Paul, and he's talking about you who believe, and he's talking about Hannah, Mama Samuel. We're the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit. What did we see last hour, she had two natures worn in her, didn't she? You think she wanted to let go of that boy? him for twelve years she loved him. She loved him. Do you think Elkanah wanted to see his son go? He trained him up for the last five. That's a good, good help to him. He carried a whole lot of firewood. You got to talk with him, tell jokes with him. He knew his personality. They had a flesh that wanted to keep us, boy. They had a spirit. We're the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Christ, God, Jesus, the man. We rejoice in the God-man and have no confidence in the flesh. I can't keep my word. He can. Lord keeps it. Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord and my horn. She has no confidence in the flesh. My horn is exalted in the Lord. Right next to horn, you can get you a pencil and right next to it, strength. Strength. My strength is exalted in the Lord. If I have any strength, well, you're just so faithful. Look what you did, Hannah. You gave up your only son, the son you loved, your only begotten son, whom thou lovest. You gave him up. What faith you had. She said, I had no faith. I had no strength to do that. God's my strength. He did it. What a good Christian you are. No, 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 no. The Lord's my strength. He's my strength. He's my horn. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. Lord, save me. That whole time, she just took a tongue-lashing and a tongue-lashing and a tongue-lashing and a a tongue-lashing from that older woman that wouldn't quit henpecking pecking her. She bore it. And then the Lord saved her and he put life in her. And now her mouth is enlarged over her enemies. That means she can go to her enemies and cuss them up real good. No. You want to shut them up? Tell what the Lord did for you. <laughs> I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. i never do this. You know what God did for me? He gave me this injury or this wound or this trial or this carnal blessing or this job or this whatever. God did it. Enemies don't like it. That's called heaping hot coals on their head, isn't it? Hannah prayed. She said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because, I I got something to say now, because I rejoice in thy salvation. I rejoice in Christ and him crucified. Since you rejoice in the Lord and in his salvation. Yep. (laughs) The person and work of Christ. I got something to say now. Let's see what, I'm going to get real personal. Let's see what doctrine this lady could enter into. You want personal messages? Here you go. Let's see how. Let's see how much this woman understood. This long time ago, too. We always you question a lot of times what old believers knew. Like when Abraham, what did Isaac really know going up that hill? Did he know that there's going to be a man, a God man, come to this earth and bear his sin on the cross and die in his room instead? Or was he just like, oh, well, I just listened to Daddy, and Lord provide lambs or something. He knew something. What What did Hannah know? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Who did she know? If we quit worrying about what people know, know who they know. How about that by the way they pray? You tell who they know by the way they pray. Look here, verse 2. There is none holy as the Lord. What did Isaiah know? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. You children need to learn. I want everybody 10 years, if they come and ask some of you young people, what's God's chief attribute of His character? What is the chief thing? Holiness. He's holy. God's holy. You ever heard me say that? God's holy. What'd Hannah say? I rejoice in Him. He's holy. <laughs> Do you say that? Has anything changed in 5,000, 6,000 years? God's holy. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. There's nobody that's your equal. Nobody gives you counsel. You ain't going to get coached up by nobody. Nobody's going to correct you. Nobody's going to speak against you because you're God. I know what that means. These ain't empty words. You're the Lord and you're holy. A whole lot of people ask Jesus for something. A few people ask the Lord God Almighty for something. Big difference, Ain't it? Neither is there any rock like our God. Oh, she said, you're holy Lord. I rejoice in you and you alone. I tell my enemies about it. Tell anybody. I tell that enemy that's inside of me about it. Get that? And there's not a rock like our God. What's a rock? It's a foundation. Everything I'm built upon is built upon Christ and Him crucified, and there ain't nothing like Him. Our language doesn't contain words, that, that he deserves to be magnified by. You think she knew God? Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Is that different? Do you see? Is that drastic enough to see a difference? There's a holy God almighty on his throne, and he set me upon Christ the rock. And I want stuff. Your will, Lord. Your will. I know what I deserve, and I know what I petition for. And and, and your will be done ain't something we just, that's a sidecar you tack on at the end. I mean it. She don't want this to be vain repetition. This is beautiful, you ready? Verse 3. She's talking to herself. She's asking the Lord to make this happen in her. Because she knows what she is, because there's two nations in her. Talk no more exceeding proudly. Let me quit being proud. And let not arrogancy come out of your mouth she's not talking about the lord she's not talking to him is she he's not arrogant he's not proud he's right he's holy that's what she just said she's talking to herself this is that war going on we saw the first hour right now this is live action you want a drone footage of this here it is she's speaking to herself talk no more exceedingly proudly shut up Quit yapping at the mouth on everything and how good I am at everything and, and all the good things I do and good things I'm better than other Stop it. And let not arrogance come out of your mouth. Oh, don't let me be arrogant. You know what that word means? The root word of arrogancy. I looked it up and it was arrogate. And I, I I got a pretty good education, but I got poor stock I come from. Uh, I thought it was ariate. Like you know how you aerate a lawn. And I thought that's a good use. There must be cousin words or something. Because it's just puffed up with air, isn't it? <laughs> you just put air in. <laughs> but it's not arrogate. Arrogate, that's where that's a root we get arrogancy from. You know what that is? To lay claim to something without justification. To lay claim to something without justification. To talk about a kiss concert you ain't never been to. You get that kids? Don't talk about something you ain't never seen. A man can't come back from a place they've never been. They can't talk about a God they've never met. But they're arrogant. Worse oh. than 300 years, ain't you? uh How arrogant we are on our face, on this person. How arrogant we are on our race. We're Americans. We're the greatest nation that this world's ever seen, isn't it? Our, our military is so mighty. Our democracy is so wonderful. Or the Jews. Or me growing up. I grew up with believing parents. I grew up under one of the greatest preachers in the last several hundred years, maybe some of the, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. He was my pastor. My pastor. <laughs> Not my preacher, he's my pastor. He corrected me, he gave me instruction. That's something to be proud of, isn't it? No, it ain't. What about grace? Can I walk out in this world and look at those Rahabs and those harlots and, and prostitutes walking up down the street and them drug addicts that's living underneath blue tents down, downtown and say, boy, the Lord save me. Y'all need to pack it up and get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. down and preach to them because of arrogance, because of pride. I think I'm something. Hannah knew what she was talking about. Is that deep waters? Hannah knew what she was talking about. Why? Because it represents God's bride and she knows what she's talking about. She knows there's a war in her. Let not my mouth have arrogance in it. Verse 3 says, For the Lord is a God of knowledge and by Him actions are weighed. Oh, Brother Spurgeon had a long sermon on that. Let me give you the paraphrase version. God weighs actions. Does that mean good or bad? He puts it on a scale. No. He weighs the heart that causes the action. God looketh upon the heart He weighs it. He sees acts. He sees the end state, but he knows where that came from. He knows how much that thought weighed. Oh, he knows something. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. All those that think they're strong come up nothing, and all of us that are just—if so, if I have life in me, why am I thus? I'm stumbling. I'm bruised. I'm torn apart. I'm ripped to shreds on the inside. That one's girded with strength, with a horn of the Lord. <laughs> they that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased. They that were full. Do you ever know of a nation that's full? We're full in this nation, ain't we? We got everything. Everything. in abundance. I was upset because they didn't have my brand of coffee beans down to store. <laughs> What kind of nonsense is that? That's arrogant. is that prideful? I'm an idiot. Well, They don't have my brand of rice in abundance. Or my soda that I like so well. We're full in this nation. There'll come a time you can't sell yourself to get bread. Christ the living bread. One day, if I get one more toys, I think they're an abomination to God. One more toy arcs and just take the door and close it real slow. Shut. Sell yourself for Christ. Okay. So do whatever you can do. It don't matter. It's done. But those that are hungry, those that need the Lord, not those that want the gospel, those that need Him, I have to have Him or it's death. It says the hungry ceased. They quit being hungry. <laughs> You're filled. Grace is sufficient. The Lord's fed His. He does it daily. So that the barren hath borne seven and she hath many children as wax feeble. Those that say they got so much, they're wax feeble. They can't do nothing. But those that are bearing, those that know that they're dead, and the Lord us do it, they bear perfection. They're born seven. Hannah knew about pandemics and everything else. Verse six, the Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. Everything's in the Lord's hands. Everything's in the Lord's hands. He does as he will in the armies of heaven and on this earth and under this earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Now, do you think Nebuchadnezzar and Hannah grew up together? <laughs> that new man did, didn't it? It's the same. It's the same prayer. It, the Lord maketh poor, maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. That's what Moses said, Lord promotes. You will to get promotion at work? The Lord did that. He demotes too. So she said, He raises up the poor, verse 8, out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. She's been, Hannah was a joint heir of Christ. She said, I was a beggar and you've lifted me up. You've sent me among princes. Revelation hadn't been wrote yet. Had. Was John the apostle John around? Who said, God? We've made, he's made us unto God kings and priests. She said, we're made princes. And made to inherit the throne of glory. For, because the pillars of the earth are the lords, and he hath set the world upon them. His whole kingdom, he did it. That's how. How could you be made holy, Hannah? God did it. That's not complicated enough to suit me. I don't care. <laughs> I ain't here to argue with it. I'm here to tell it. Lord did it. Mm. Lord's done everything. He, this entire universe has existed and has performed exactly as He saw fit to the saving of His people and the glory of His Son. Hands down, that's what Hannah knew. Now He saved us. She asked Him for life; He put life in her. She she brought gave it all to Christ. She's thanking Him for it. She's praising His name, our Triune God. You've done this all. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And, and you controlled the pillars of this world and everything you're doing. Now it's up to you. <laughs> no. You got to keep yourself. You got to make yourself more holy. You got to make yourself better. Make yourself reformed. Is that what she said? Kid out of town. Did you say that? You wouldn't say that, would you? Why? 'Cause because you know better. <laughs> I got life in me, there's wars. Look at verse nine. He will keep the feet of his saints. Who's gonna keep us? He's gonna keep us. His sanctified ones. And the wicked shall be silent in the darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. It ain't gonna be a man's doing in wisdom, in righteousness, in sanctification, or in redemption. It won't be in our strength, be in his strength. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces, out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Mm. Is that a good prayer? God Almighty's done it all. He's going to do it all. And we thank him for it. And Elkanah, verse 11, went to Ramah, to his house, and the children did minister unto the Lord before Eli, the priest. They went home. She didn't just talk a good game about worshiping God. You talk about giving her first fruits. Son. She didn't talk a good game about playing church. She did it. Like, well, it's a thought that counts. Well, no, the grocery's still gotta get bought too, don't they? <laughs> Sitting around talking about doing something's different, than doing something. Her husband told her, she said you keep your word. She did. And they went home, didn't they? Every year they went back. She buys him or doesn't buy him. She made him jackets. I figure about this big this year. they go back to see him. She got to watch her son. I don't know how long she lived. She got to watch her son grow up and be God's prophet. You think God honored her giving unto the Lord? This great prophet. Lord used to go anoint King David. I may be the peon that gets to preach to the one that's going to just tear this world out of pieces. <laughs> one of God's great, great preachers. Or may he use me to preach to them. Wouldn't that be a precious gift? She watched Samuel grow up and preach. And you know what the Lord did? Like it enough? That's pretty good, isn't it? The Lord came to her. She bring them jackets up. And Eli said, Lord's gonna bless you for this. And he gave her five sons, or five children. Look at verse 21. The Lord visited Hannah, as he had before, as he did as he continues to do, because he said, Lo, I'm always with you. The Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. What did our Lord say? You can't be my disciple. That's his conditions of surrender, wasn't it? You can't be my disciple unless you give up mother, daughter, son, cousin, wife, friends, neighbors, jobs, businesses, everything else. You walk away from that nonsense and them idols, and you serve me. And Peter said, Lord, we've given all. And Peter gave a whole bunch, hadn't he? But I'm thankful for him. I'll beg him bold enough to ask questions I, I'm too chicken to ask. <laughs> Didn't I give everything? And said, Peter in this life right now. I'll give you a hundredfold. And that's true. I'm going to take off to Nashville Thursday, Lord willing. The Lord lets me get there. And I got a house. I've never been to that house. Do you know I own property in Nashville? Might as well be mine. Then people in Nashville own some property here, don't they? Go up my house, do what you want. For Hannah, in this lifetime, the Lord gave her three sons and two daughters and she got to watch Samuel grow in grace and knowledge and understanding before the Lord. What a blessing that is. What's she going to do after all this? What are you going to do? Thank him one more time, ain't you? Thank him because he did something because of who he is. Because he's holy. Amen. All right. Brother Martin.